Good morning, friends. We're going to get started. I was really grateful when the Reverend Beth Scriven, well, I was first grateful when the Reverend Beth Scriven agreed to come and be the campus minister at Rockwell House. <laughs> that search happened not long after I became rector here at Holy Communion, and because I had previously been in the gig of working to support campus ministry across the Episcopal Church, uh, her predecessor, the um, now canon Joe Chambers, asked me if I would be on the support uh, committee that he was going to reform for Rockwell House. And I said, well, yes, of course. I haven't said yes to the bishop on too much. This will... And then a week later, that will you be on the advisory committee, the support committee, became will you lead the search for my successor? I'm becoming the bishop's right-hand person. And I said, oh... Oh, I'm getting married in a couple weeks. And he said, Well, that's okay, you're leading the search. So, so we put you interviewed me the day before his wedding. Yeah, so I got to interview Beth the day before we got married. Um, but I was really grateful that we found Beth, that Beth was who Beth is, and that four years ago she said yes to become the campus minister. At four years in campus ministry is a big milestone. Because when you have reached four years as a campus minister, you have taken the group that you first encountered as freshmen, and they get to this period of life, and they're going to, <laughs> yep, and they're going to graduate. And then we have to send them away. And then we have to send them away. And so Beth has brought two of her seniors uh, to come and talk with us about campus ministry. Uh, we last, or just last fall signed an agreement with um, Rockwell House that we are in partnership and ministry uh, from Holy Communion. That means a lot of things. It means partly that a number of our parishioners have been helping out with that advisory board that I am no longer a member of, uh, but some of our folks have been really, really helpful as they've looked at putting a new roof on the Rockwell House this year, for instance. Uh, we've been involved in a few other ways. This year, our trip to El Salvador is including four uh, from the Rockwell House and the 11 folks that are going down to El Salvador with us. Uh, so it's an evolving partnership, but I'm really, really grateful to have uh, the leaders from Rockwell House's campus ministry, and especially the Reverend Beth Scriven, and they're going to talk with us about Rockwell House and how it exists as a community of discernment. So will you help me welcome Beth and the leaders from Rockwell House? So I want to start with a little bit of um, 
background, and this is our brand new website that uh, Holy Communion parishioner uh, Brian Goldstein built for us. We're very excited about that. The old one was not exciting. <laughs> um, ah, there we go. Okay. Um, this is an old picture from Rockwell House. Um, from, but uh, from another moment at which Rockwell House was a community of discernment. Um, you may, if you squint really hard, be able to recognize that that face in the middle, that Sarah Stanich, who now sings in the choir here, but when she was a college student, discernment in the broad sense, which is what we, the kind of discernment that we are about at Rockwell House, is discernment that is not narrowly focused on should someone get ordained, um, or even narrowly focused on necessarily what should the church be doing, but what as Christian humans should we all be doing with our lives? And particularly, it's of interest always to college students to think about um, what they should be doing with their lives once they leave college and as they're becoming adults and things like that. Um, those of you in the room who are past college, like I am, will know that the secret is that actually that doesn't stop. <laughs> but, uh, but we start... <laughs> Cats out of the bag. Um, but we start with that. And because that is such a concern for college students really at any time and place, um, Rockwell House has always had a focus on discernment as a community and discernment as individuals with lots of histories of different kinds of discernment groups and um, all sorts of things like that. And so it was neither difficult nor really surprising when, uh, I guess it was two years ago now, as we started to get a bunch of questions popping up, we had reached a point where we were sort of stable in our life as a ministry, and we got lots of, well, could we do this, and 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 the answer really was yes to any of those, not yes to all of those. And so we've declared a year of discernment. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that year of discernment meant for us, what we did during that year of discernment, what we concluded, where we are a year in uh, from that, and looking forward where we are. Um, if at the end of things you feel like you want to see the actual pieces of big paper that we put together, um, they're up on the wall here. We brought them with us. Um, they're not in, in a place where you can or would be expected to look at them right now. <laughs> Um, so um, we're going to move to that year of discernment. Um, we did that in a small group setting and in a large group setting, and Ava's going to talk a little bit about the small group setting of that. There we go. Um, so our small group of discernment was uh, myself and these three lovely people. Um, Last year, we were a group of juniors and seniors. Um, it wasn't necessarily, as Beth was saying, about discerning ministry or ordination. It was mostly just uh, for people who had a lot of questions about where, where we should be going and what we were going to be doing. Um, it ended up being one of the best parts of that year and of my college experience. Um, I think that the structured setting gave us the chance to um, learn how to ask questions of ourselves 
and of, of each other and the way that we built up um, rapport between the four of us really let, um, let us hold each other accountable um, and ask each other difficult questions. Um, and I, I am so grateful for the chance that we got there to, um, to be asking each other these questions and giving each other honest feedback. And I consider all of these guys like really important to me and um, continue to be like part of my, they, they, they continue to be part of my discernment process. And so one of one of the people in the discernment group, Matt, who's standing up and eating food, um, <laughs> ended up uh, entering the a more formalized discernment process for ordination, and I got to be on his discernment committee this year, um, and that was a great continuation of the work that we started last year. Um, it was a wonderful group, and I'm. I love it a lot. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so our uh, large group process focused more on who is God calling us to be as a community in this next stage of our life? What might change? What might stay stable? And in either case, why? Um, so we started with some really big picture questions in the fall. Um, So in the fall, um, basically there were two parts of the discernment process. One in the fall, where we just sort of talked about you know values and basically how to do discernment, and the spring, where we were more talking about the actual doing the actual discerning of what we should be doing as a community. Um, so for values, we basically what we did is that we just spent a lot of time as a community talking about what are the things that are important to us. What are the important things that we find about Rockwell? What are the things that we think we want to see Rockwell doing? Um, and we basically came up with six values underscoring um, under the sort of umbrella of faith. And they're listed up here, but I realize this is difficult to read. Um, so they, they are love, compassion, trustworthiness, service, justice, and community. Basically, we just thought that you know we're very much um, we cared about being partially a community for each other. Um, as a really important place for just, as we said, for discernment, for, you know, just friendship, having, having people, and also the other part we focus on is very much service, um, what we should be doing for the world, what we thought our place as a community doing things for, you know, for St. Louis, for some of the rest of the world, um, we were going, what, what parts of that were important. So the other half of, of that conversation in the fall, as we were thinking big picture, um, was that we said, well, we're going to have a tough time seeing and hearing what God is trying to show us and say to us if we have not first looked at, um, at uh, where our blind spots might be, what we might be inclined to miss. Um, and so we started with some uh, training that I can't get a picture, but you, you talk and I'll work on this. Um, so we, we invited uh, Kenneth Groot from the Diversity Awareness Partnership to come in and lead us um, through an unconscious bias training session, um, which ended up being, there we go, um, 
which was a really great experience for us to have as a group, as Beth was saying, understanding where we are all coming from and what factors, with or without us knowing it, are shaping our decision-making process in the decisions that we make every day and in the decisions that we make um, when we prioritize what Rockwell should be doing. Um, we have this James Cone quote, um, any theology that is indifferent to the theme of liberation is not Christian theology. Um, and I think that that's a, a direction that we try to continually turn ourselves towards. Um, it's not an easy process, but doing this unconscious bias training was a way to begin to have those conversations and to have them um, in this formalized setting. Um, I think even beyond that, uh, an important part of discernment in general is um, asking difficult questions and having conversations that might not always be easy. And um, beginning, with, beginning with this unconscious bias training gave us a place where we were already having those conversations that maybe it's easier to just kind of not always engage with it right away, um, but it gave us the framework to start having those conversations and bring up these things that we talked about um, in this training and just continue to make Rockwell a place that prioritizes uh, justice and liberation um, moving forward. So we went away for Christmas break and when we came back in February we had um, in February we got a group of, of several of our core members together. We invited everyone, but the people who show up for an all-day Saturday event are generally the core members. Um, <laughs> uh, to do a, a retreat day to say, okay, so what's this going to look like? We've identified some core values. We've identified some of the ways that we might be inclined to turn our heads to the side one way or another. We've thought about how to think about this, how to pray about this. We've gone away. We've come back. What are we going to do? And so we took, um, we took a few different activities to get us there. We started by just one of the pages that's up here is a page just full of activities. We invited people to think of everything that you have seen this community do. And we've got check marks next to things people said multiple times, and then we started putting color-coded stars up there to say, this is how those map onto the values we've identified. What are the things that map on really well? What are the things that map on less well? What are the things maybe, therefore, we would want to either emphasize more or emphasize less or bring in to fill out the picture, things like that. And then we gave people some index cards and said, okay, write down your best ideas and take them to a small group and discuss what people's best ideas are and what do you want to bring back to the group as things that either we might add or we should definitely keep or we should definitely change, things like that. Um, and so we did a number of, uh, had a number of conversations around those kinds of items. This list actually took us a lot longer and a lot more conversation than I had initially planned for, um, but there was just a real richness in sitting down together and thinking about all the things that this community already does First of all, realizing that they fill a giant sheet of paper, paper, and also then 
seeing. What is it that is in there? What is it, how does that either show us something? That's actually the point at which we started to name faith as one of the core values, which we had sort of missed in the first go-round as an, as an actually articulated point. And people said, oh, well, I just sort of took that part for granted in a community like this. And so we added that in as, as a seventh one. Um, the other six actually came first. Um, and so then we, uh, we went ahead and said, okay, what's the plan? And Alejandro's going to talk a little bit about that. There's no picture of that. So. Okay. Um, so basically, the idea that we had was, recess said, basically, we, we just listed all the things that Rockwell does. We had, at that point, also come up with a list of things that we sort of wished Rockwell did. So what we basically said was, let's consider all the things that we could be doing, um, and just sort of put everything on the table and choose what parts we like, what parts we want, and sort of design what we see as the ideal Rockwell House experience um, going forward in the next, you know, five, ten years or so. Um, this was literally everything. Um, if you look at these later, you will see that one of our things was keep Beth, um, because we have said that, you know, if the priest should be, the priest should be on the table, even though some of us, including me, were going to fight anyone who tried to get rid of her. Um, but, um, put everything on the table. Yes. <laughs> um, but basically what we came up with, you know, I'm not going to go through all of those because those are long. Um, but we basically, as we were doing it, we put a lot, we found that we wanted to put a lot more emphasis, or at least articulate that we're putting a lot more emphasis on faith, the building of faith, um, more um, talking about how we were going to do service. Um, one of the things that we've talked about and that that's going to be telling you about a little later is that we wanted to do sort of, some of our service work is actually in partnership with Holy Communion. Um, and then generally, I think the other things are just, um, we talked about, you know, things that will make the community a better community, both in terms of, you know, having more events and also in terms of things that we could do to make our space better, um, both in the media term and in over the next five to ten years. Um, so things like, you know, talking about winterizing the chapel so that we can use the chapel that we have year-round, um, some later work on the house that we would like to do. Um, um, so then at the end of the year, we talk about, okay, so what kinds, very touchy, um, what kinds of, of things support the plans that we've made? We've made plans that in a lot of ways didn't, they didn't totally, uh, you know, they, they were, people were empowered to start from scratch. The two plans that came back actually looked pretty similar from the two small groups that made these plans. And they looked a lot like what we were doing, but with some more intention and, as Alejandro said, some different emphases. Um, we'd had for a while a student leadership team that was um, pretty dispersed, and everything was everybody's job, and um, it was very low-key. And so one of the questions we asked was, what kind of leadership and other structures support what we've now created? And so. Um, we have, this is a, a picture of, actually not one leadership team, but a set of folks that is the size of our leadership team, and all of these folks are on, have been on leadership team at different points. Um, <laughs> um, but 
one of the things that, that we decided was, okay, the community had been growing numerically. Um, it was a different thing to lead a, even as peers, a community of six or eight people showing up at one time versus a community of 15 or 20 people showing up at one time. So we said, okay, so we need really the same kind of leadership team structure overall, three to five people at a time who are exercising peer leadership, certainly a ministry of presence, but it would be good for people to be able to know, okay, that's Alejandro's job, that's Ava's job, that's Beth's job, and be able to say, therefore, some things I don't have to be responsible for, and therefore I can step up on the things that I am responsible for, so that people weren't getting overloaded and things weren't getting missed. So we've sort of uh, compartmentalized our leadership team a little bit more. So, for instance, Alejandro has really been focusing this year on making sure that new WashU folks get incorporated into the group and sort of overseeing the big picture of our service and justice stuff. Ava has been um, working on worship and music planning with me and with our intern, who we'll get to, and, um, uh, and some writing-related projects. Um, that's allowed us to build our capacity as a group because not everybody has to do everything. Um, the other thing what, that we said as a, as a larger group um, was something that we wanted to, to think about was how much time were we spending at dinner? So our weekly gatherings are Sunday night we do church and dinner, Wednesday night we do dinner and prayer, sometimes Bible study. How much of that time was getting uh, soaked up with me talking at people? <laughs> and how could we minimize the amount of time that had to be spent by me talking at people? Well, we could have a menu board that listed what allergens were in what foods so that I didn't have to run it down with everybody every time. We could have, uh, on the, of the white and the, the blue, are a couple of cleanup guides. One that says, everybody, clear your own dishes, clear your own cans, rinse your dish and then put it in the dishwasher, those sorts of things. And then a board that allows it not to be the same two people washing dishes over and over, but um, when, we, when we choose to use it, which sometimes we do and sometimes we don't, it means everybody can put their name on a job and we can rotate through and you can know what the jobs are because they're listed. Less time that they have to spend listening to me. We also have a similar announcement board that allows us to say, those are the announcements. Here's a couple details about different things. We spend a little bit less time with that. It leaves a little bit more time for people to do the actual ministry of presence stuff that we're actually there to do. Um, so one year in from that, this all happened about a year ago that we finished that up. One year in, um, we sat down and we looked at, at these big papers um, and we went, wow. We've actually done a lot of these things, and we've, we're in pro process on a lot of these things. Um, so Alejandro is going to talk a little bit about the outcomes from this one year in that have less to do with Holy Communion, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the outcomes from this that have more to do with Holy Communion. Okay, so, um, yeah, he's forward one. Yep. Um, I was going to say, the the biggest thing that we really did is we established an internship. So this is a picture of Annie, our intern. Um, basically what we had realized um, is that 
if you ever pay attention to the job that Beth is doing, Beth is doing a lot more work than we could reasonably expect of one person to be doing. Um, this is still true, but it was especially true while it was only Beth. <laughs> so we decided that we should, you know, have someone, an intern, to take care of things. Um, so what we did was we set up this program, basically intended for people just out of college um, who are interested in, you know, religious life, whether Annie is particularly interested in going to the seminary eventually, but, you know, just, it doesn't have to necessarily a future seminary and just someone who is interested in campus ministry, interested in religion, interested in making the community better, um, and just able to do a lot of support stuff, um, but especially also um, directing some of our work on service and justice so that students who oftentimes have, you know, homework and other, you know, college things that, and don't have time, um, can't focus on as well. Um, the other things that we did um, is that we had been sort of having... Can I just a second? Yeah. If you know young people like that yes. right now, we're recruiting the next intern for next year. So if you know someone who's a recent-ish college grad, especially who might be interested in exploring ministry um, in a college setting, let that know if yeah. you're looking for the next person. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. That's very useful. <laughs> yeah. So it's through Deaconess Ann House. Um, so it's it's the combination of what they do with our ministry and what they do with Deaconess Ann House becomes then a full time live in intentional community position. Yeah. With benefits. With benefits. Yeah. Okay. Now that. I will try. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that. Um, one of our other things was this idea of humans of Rockwell. Um, basically, we had, in the past few years, we've had a good um, sort of program of people just, you know, students giving servants um, for a week. Um, and what we basically said was, hey, we already have, um, you know, we already have this program, but when people are preaching, this is also a good opportunity to put the spotlight on them so that, you know, past Rockwell people or people who are interested in the community can see these are sort of our people, this is what they do, this is what they do outside of Rockwell, um, which is especially important because, oh, there's a lot of us who say do service things outside of Rockwell, um, but is, that's not part of Rockwell, so part of the way that we're sort of bringing people into service and justice is by pointing out the things that people can do that people are already doing. Um, so this is just, it's a picture of myself and Ava, <laughs> and um, Colton and Matt, who are two other singers, um, who we had all preached this year, and it's just sort of uh, a picture on the website combined with um, some sort of, Annie interviewed us, and we did a sort of write-up of things that we had said, um, things that we were interested in. And then um, the other things that we've talked about doing our work on winterizing the chapel. As I noted, we have a we have a sort of converted garage that is a very nice worship space. But at the moment, it just can't serve as a year-round worship space. So we've done some work on you know making it more fit to be used when it's cold. Currently, we have a few space heaters and things, but it doesn't really do enough for the space. And it's just in a growing community, we have been using the house itself beforehand, but we're just running out of space, and we can do it, but it doesn't work very well. Um, and we've also talked about having more social events, particularly more student ownership, so that we're not putting yet more things on Beth's plate. Um, 
So, you know, if we've had, if some of you know the board game Cafe Pieces, um, we just had some things where a group of us have gone down, you know, had fun, played games, hung out with each other. Um, what? Yesterday. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> um, so, like, yesterday we were, we had a sort of, we often have study days around finals, so we had decided that no one really wanted to study, so instead we all went off to the CD Art Museum because it's really cool and it's free <laughs> and we don't have money for college students. <laughs> um, we also um, established a summer book group that started last year where um, we read The Cross of the Lynching Tree by James Cone, um, which is part of why we had his picture earlier. Um, and um, we're thinking of continuing it this year, or next summer, and I think that Ava will be talking about this a little bit more. And also, just generally, we're doing some more active advertising. We have an established presence now. We're an established space. We want more people to know that we exist and that we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that um, I was really pleased to see show up on both of the big paper small group plans that the students in their small groups at the retreat day made without me in either small group was um, in different ways Holy Communion um, and doing things with Holy Communion. Um, Holy Communion, since I, Holy Communion has had a long history certainly of um, supporting this campus ministry particularly in the, the um, idea and, and broad, of broader campus ministry. Um, and since I got here we have once worshipped with a different congregation. And the next morning when we showed up to Holy Communion, after we went to the congregation where the students during my first year had said, this is where we go for this service. Um, they, we went, we worshipped at Holy Communion and they looked at me and they glared at me and said, why did we go to the other place last night? And I said, oh, that's what you said. Can we go here next year? Yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> um, and so... What this has led to, as Mike mentioned, is that um, our advisory council, which is largely populated with folks from Holy Communion, though it's not exclusively from Holy Communion, and, um, and our, our student leaders and the Holy Communion vestry all said, yeah, making some sort of more official partnership seems like a good plan. Um, and so we drafted a covenant that focuses particularly in three areas, um, worship, service, and relationship. And so, um, some, of, oops. Uh, some, of the, some of the things that, uh, that we have, have done, so for instance, are Rockwell House has a long history of wanting to do service and justice things and having trouble building the infrastructure because we're a small group and it's hard to build consistency with such a transient kind of group. Um, Holy Communion doesn't have that problem. Holy Communion is a larger group, a more consistent group, um, and so can build and, and has built over an, a long time quite a good infrastructure of service and justice opportunities that you all have allowed us to join in on. And so then it doesn't matter so much that we have more people in October than we do in July, that we have these ebbs and flows, and sometimes we are able to bring more and sometimes we're able to bring less, 
we are generally able when we show up to bring good energy, to bring new, fresh faces with some consistency because we're a transient community. Um, but that's, that's been a really lovely um, partnership for us. So uh, we, we participate every month with a certain number of slots in the Trinity Hot Lunch group. Um, we, uh, as Mike said, our four, three students and I uh, are headed to El Salvador as part of the global school trip with, uh, with Holy Communion in not very many weeks. Um, and one of the ways that uh, that is happening is that Holy Communion is supporting that with some scholarship assistance. Um, we are big fans of Theology on Tap. Um, that's another activity that if we tried to do something like that on our own, we would never get it off the ground because it would be too much for us to pull off and we wouldn't have the consistency but we can consistently offer the opportunity that you all have created for a couple people at a time, sometimes one student, sometimes half a dozen, depending on the time, to come and participate in those conversations. Um, we're, we've been really excited to make this our worship home for Easter weekend and for primary summer worship. We've got a lot of students that in any given summer this is a summer where we've got a lot of students that are out of town, a lot of students who have weird work schedules. We've got one student who technically is in town all summer, but WashU is employing her to be theirs for all but three hours a week. And so we probably won't see her at church this summer, but those who are around, those who are looking for a church home, Holy Communion is that. And we try and find opportunities specifically to say, this Sunday we're all going to get up and go to morning church, and it's going to be Holy Communion. Um, and then lots of relational things that just sort of grow out of each other. Um, we were thrilled to part participate last year in Pride as part of the diocesan presence, but also sort of with, particularly with Holy Communion. Um, and uh, yeah, there are, there are lots of, of ways that the covenant and our practice together sort of leave open room for that to grow as it wants to. Um, the advisory council is talking about putting together a summer work day where uh, Mark Willingham is going to say, okay, here are the things that need to be done that go beyond the things I know how to do, which is a very short list around, about, around a property. Mark's list is a lot longer of things he knows how to do around a property. We're going to show up. We're going to invite people to show up and do what Mark tells us needs to be done. Um, you know, we'd love to have our fall visit to Holy Communion be an annual thing where um, every fall we say, okay, we're not going to do evening church this Sunday, we're going to do morning church, we're going to come to Holy Communion, we're going to, during the time that, that, um, that school is in session, make that our primary service today and sort of be able to renew that, uh, that relationship. Maybe have you all over for lunch afterwards or something like that if you want. Um, there's a lot that, uh, of, like I said, there's a lot of flexibility available in that, in that partnership. Um, so Ava's going to say a little bit more about looking forward, and then we're going to have some time for some conversation. Yeah. Um, so 
As I'm sure you've gathered, we've gotten a lot of things done from that original year of discernment, um, which is really exciting. It was great to like take out those papers and look at all of those things and see the ways that we've continued to move those goals and values forward in the life of Rockwell. Um, of course, there are things that we're looking forward to continuing doing. Um, El Salvador, as people have mentioned, um, we're hoping to, in terms of the chapel, get a new roof soon, which would be exciting, and then... And on the house. And on the house. Yes. Both roofs. The whole Two house. Roofs. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. And um, eventually doing some sort of capital campaign, trying to... It seems like winterizing the chapel is going to take more work than we thought it would, <laughs> but we hope that eventually we'll get there, be able to spend uh, the whole year in that beautiful worship space that we have. Um, Alejandro mentioned that we were going to try it. We had a really successful book group last year um, that led to some really productive conversations. Um, we're hoping to do something like that this summer, although, as Beth said, we're not, we're going to be kind of dispersed. So it might not be in person meetings four times over the summer, um, but maybe doing some work with uh, whiteness and white fragility, which um, is obviously something that we need to continue engaging with um, as we move forward with Rockwell. Um, as Alejandro and Mike said, we are looking for a new Annie <laughs> because our, our intern who does so much great work um, making Rockwell a wonderful place to live, live be, be part of our life. We're alive when we're there. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we're going to get someone um, who can help Beth uh, doing the work that is required to make Rockwell run. Um, I'm personally super excited. Next year, there's going to be a new discernment group, um, the small, small group with another group of four students. Um, I'm really looking forward to the ways that that is going to shape their lives. Um, and just continuing to partnership with Holy Communion and to hold these values that we discerned together um, as Rockwell goes forward into another year and another set of years. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, Beth's going to pass out the discussion questions. That yes, we have for we're going to take just a few minutes for uh, some table discussion, and then we'll come back together and have some time for general Q&A, report back, uh, whatever people want to either say or ask. Uh, so we've got three questions here um, for your tables. First question is, what surprise, encouraged, or challenged you about what you heard in
little man, or like an adjective little man, um, which is, I would say, more confusing. <laughs>
stay connected. I feel like there's a sense in talking to other people who are graduating of like, all right, college is over, moving on to the next thing. And I think it's really important that we continue to stay connected, stay aware of what's going on at Rockwell and how we can help um, continue with something that's been such a powerful force. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. again, making sure that, you know, this is, that Rockwell brings things that is important to people beyond just when we're here. Mark is also cheating a little bit because he's on the engagement committee of our advisors panel, <laughs> which has been working with Annie, our Peaking the House intern. Um, she has uh, created, and we're now starting to populate, uh, an alumni database, which we have never ever had. Uh, we used to have an alumni file folder back in the day. <laughs> Mike Timmon had a file folder of and hard copy of people's names and addresses and parents' names and addresses. Um, but since then, we really haven't had anything, and it was never digitized or anything like that. So the engagement committee has helped design that, that uh, form, and we're now starting. So Alejandro and Eva have helped to pilot uh, that as a part of our new process for as seniors graduate, getting that information, and then also trying this summer to get that out to actual already alums to build that. <laughs> Somebody else over here. Yeah. We definitely have some from all yeah. all different uh, faith journeys and traditions. We have some people who like went to Episcopal churches before coming here, or were, uh, come from Catholic or Methodist. Um, we've had the pleasure of having people from New Zealand, which means we've had people coming from Anglican traditions. Anglican, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The two of us are actually cradle Episcopalians, but that's definitely not true of the wider group. Yes. <laughs> tends to be true of our freshmen. Yep. Mm -hmm. People who find us as freshmen tend to be coming from an Episcopal background and walking into college and looking for an Episcopal group. Uh, we get lots of people joining us as sophomores or juniors or even seniors sometimes who are starting to look toward graduation and where am I going to find a place for my faith as I graduate and maybe I should start making those connections now. Um, and a number of those, we, we do a fair business in um, Catholic and evangelical students who have just come out <laughs> and are looking for a faith community that, even if their campus faith community is affirming, are looking for a faith tradition that can carry them through out of college um, and in which they can then continue to be full participants.
to being able to expand the... It's something that's come up in sort of the bubbling. Um, and so far it sounds like probably the best answer to that is like on an as-needed one-on-one kind of basis. Mike is also very good at knowing who to talk to about things. Yeah, so. relationship in a way that Holy Communion doesn't. Um, Holy Communion is just pretty good at being in a relationship that is organic and ebbs and flows and um, where people, I have yet to encounter somebody who I've walked up to and said, hey, this isn't a formalized thing, but would you be willing to entertain this? And sometimes the answer is, I can't do that, I don't have time. But I've yet to encounter somebody who says, only if you make it into a formal program. Um, and you, uh, you all are really good at that. And so we hope that that will continue. Um, but we think that, I mean, that's one of the, w- the reasons, I think, that college students have often felt so welcome to be a part of, um, of Holy Communion, whether it was back in the day where things were a little bit unstable at Rockwell House and Holy Communion provided some stability and some foundation, or whether it's now where it's in this kind of partnership um, that you all take people as they come um, and don't expect them to be people they aren't. And so real relationships can get built.
thank you all for being who you are. And thank you, Mike, for the invitation. And Mark, who is no longer in the room. <laughs> thank you all so much. We'll see you next week.